Hey guys, I'm Ashlyn. I'm Elle. We are Lobby Cosplay. And this is Shit Cosplayers Say. And today we are bringing you the results of our refrigerator contest. So if you haven't been on our Instagram, you may have missed it. But on Instagram, we read a contest for the best ideas for use of a refrigerator in a skit. And boy, did we get some gems of submissions for this one. <laughs> I bet you never, ever imagined that you would be talking about a refrigerator contest prior to actually running one. Well, I also never, ever thought that our podcast mascot would end up being a refrigerator. So, <laughs> Well, you know... <laughs> This is fine. That was a happy accident. So we have pulled some of our favorites, including our winner, who will receive a $10 Amazon gift card for this contest. Thank you for everyone that participated. We appreciate you. Our first submission that we are going to read comes from a good friend of ours. You may know him as the TikTok star Prince Welcome Matt. Matt is a very well-known face on the TikTok platform. You can catch his hilarious antics on TikTok and his Instagram. But Matt submitted probably what I would deem the quirkiest of our options for this contest. I am so entertained by this. So this is Matt's idea of what he would do with a refrigerator for a skit. Matt, we expect to see this at Anime Fusion next year, so keep that in mind. This definitely should be like your halftime show for Fusion, just saying. I'd have a Narnia skit in a college dorm. With a large cabinet closet being kind of the first path out of Narnia, the back broken out and people coming in from it. Of course, the first two will be Tumnus and Caspian, setting the tone for the good C.S. Lewis story, but then it starts getting bizarre. The college student is like, what else is in Narnia? And Tumnus is like, well, you see, your cabinet is not the only cabinet that leads to Narnia. And then Elsa comes out, and the student is like, wait, I know her. And Tumnus is like, hold on, like, personally. And the student says, well, no. And Elsa sings into the unknown. And then Aang comes out through and he yells, Wow, this is so cool. And Elsa's like, wait, you don't spend all that much time in the ice. And Aang is like, this is assuming most people haven't seen episode one. And then the curtain opens and Jack Frost comes through and the student says, why did the curtains just open? And Jack Frost says, Oh, come on! And then Superman comes through the fridge and says, This isn't the Fortress of Solitude. And the hijinks ensue until the college student says, Does anyone know how I'm supposed to do biochem lab online during a pandemic? And then all of the characters leave the way they came. The end. They're all outsies at that point. Yep. I feel like we should dissect this a little bit. I will say um, it does break our rule of if you have to explain the, the joke, it's not funny to the audience <laughs> because there's a couple of ends in here where if you haven't seen the source material, you have no idea what's going on. I, I think this performance is relying on the chaos. 
I could see that. Um, I also greatly enjoy that you could tell that Elle has not watched Frozen 2. <laughs> I have not watched Frozen 2. I have only watched the first half of Frozen 1, so. <laughs> yes. But see, when but... I read this, I see Matt playing every single person in a TikTok and oh, just good. flipping back and forth constantly because that's, like, his style, and I can totally, like, hear this in his voice. Going well, back see, and when forth you were between reading, all When you were reading through it and you got to the part where Tomnus is like, Hold on, like personally, I just imagine James McAvoy because he played Tumnus <laughs> in the movies. And I'm like, I can see his facial expressions and everything, and it makes me happy. So, really, what we need is for Matt to just turn this into a TikTok for us. There you go. You could do that instead. Yeah. And then we could see if they could project it as your halftime show. Yes, let's do that. Or you have to do the, the box of prop skit. But yes. this skit, and then just put on different props depending on which character that you're playing on stage. Sold. I love it. It's uh, a great plan. <laughs> All right. So I'm actually going to go through two of them because a few of you had the same idea, which was also super entertaining. Um, I will start by saying that I grew up watching Indiana Jones movies with my dad. And while the 2008 Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is by far not my favorite indie movie, <laughs> I mean... It's it's still an indie movie, nonetheless. A little out there, even for me, but we're going to go to it. So, Cosplay Paper submitted a skit with a refrigerator has to be based on the much maligned but seldom parodied Indiana Jones nuking of the refrigerator. I envision Indiana Jones in the desert town. This time, the mannequins are played by actors that come to life to discuss the impending bomb referring to the explosive, as well as the movie bomb. <laughs> the character breaks the fourth wall discussing his predicament and determining that a refrigerator that is commonly lead-lined will save him. Of course, it's a mini-fridge. He frantically pulls out all sorts of odd things from the fridge to make room as we hear the countdown. Just as it reaches zero, he puts his head in the fridge. Lights go out and come up with Jones replaced by a skeleton. And Cheeky Cosplay said, make a joke about surviving a nuclear blast, like in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Or deep dive it and make her reference to Fallout New Vegas referencing it. So for those of you who haven't watched um, the fourth indie movie, Indy shows up in this, like, desert town, and he gets super confused because it looks like a regular suburb. But it's not. There's no people in it. He actually goes into one of the houses and there's mannequins like a, you know, like a 50s housewife and a kid, you know, sitting at the table. And he realizes what's going to go down is that this is actually a nuclear testing site and they're going to explode a bomb here very soon. So he gets in a fridge and survives. <laughs> but yeah. Again, though, if you haven't seen the source material, you're not going to get it, which is sad. Well, I mean, if you were going to actually perform that skit, you'd probably have to set it up first, but I mean... Lots of exposition. Right. But I didn't know that there was anything like that canon that used a refrigerator. <laughs> surprise! I mean, that was a surprise to me. I was like, I don't know what they're talking about because... I've never seen this, so yeah. 
However, we did have a submission that I found to be most relatable because I feel like I could see myself doing this, and I'm pretty sure that I have on occasion. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. This one is from Sweet Pink Cat 23 and their submission is, where sewing supplies go to die. Okay, not really. But the idea is that every time you lose your pins, your bobbin, your thread, anything like that, you forgot that you accidentally put it in the fridge when you went to get your crafting snack. But it's a constant cycle because when you go to find one item, you have another in your hand. Then you get distracted by another snack and leave more stuff in the fridge. Is this also where all of the left socks go? Yes, probably. <laughs> I know that I've done this at least, maybe not in my fridge, but in my like pantry before, where maybe like I've been holding my phone and I need to put it down to like pull something out and then I leave my phone in the pantry. Oh, yeah. I probably did that just this morning where I set something down and then walked away from it. And then I came back and I'm like, why is this here? And I was like, oh, yeah. I lose my <laughs> scissors and my pin cushion frequently in manners like this, too, where... Like, I go to pull a drawer out or something in my sewing room, and then I can't find my scissors because I accidentally put them in the drawer when I was getting something else out. How dare you put something away? Because I really need, like, a tool belt, so I stopped doing that. Because between my metal, like, my metal pincushion that randomly disappears and my scissors, I probably should have some sort of thing attached to my person. So I stop losing my sewing supplies. I'm actually really entertained by the whole um, metal pincushion concept because, I mean, I have one also, but I just, like, stick it to my iron and it lives there. So it, it's hard for me to lose it because it's always stuck to something because it's magnetic. My sewing table is not magnetic, so it doesn't always get to stay put. And then sometimes I just have a bad habit of sewing on the floor, which I shouldn't be doing, but right now my sewing table's not set up. So that's a bad ergonomic choice, friends. Don't sew on the floor. <laughs> maybe maybe you need to get a magnet to either put under your table or fix to the top of your table for you to set it on so that you've got like a designated space for it. Maybe. I don't know. I'm the champion of losing things in general. And, and maybe for your your tool belt, we need to get you like some of those little like retracty cords. Yes. So you can attach your tools yes. to it so that you have to put it back in the little that's pocket actually what to I, go in. That's all I I just need to tie them to myself so that I can just follow the string and I will eventually find them. Right. Just get some of those like retractable like badge poles. Right. And then attach them to like a waitress's apron. With designated pockets for each of your tools that you want to there go, we go in there. That, that could legit work. <laughs> and then you can't lose it anymore. Right? Just get some binder clips or you, and, uh, or and a retractable like badge clip and be good or to you go. Lose the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't sound like a terrible idea. <laughs> well, it wasn't meant to be a terrible idea. It was supposed to be practical. It's one of those ideas that sounds a little ridiculous and then you think about it for a little bit and you're like actually that's not a terrible idea there is method to my madness <laughs> so for our next one we're going to be talking specifically about phil and a lot about consent and social boundaries <laughs> <laughs> so this was submitted by yoko 2369 cosplay 
Um, if he's a math guy, you have to go with the joke of stop reaching inside me on some level, especially during a socially distancing pandemic. Or grabbing a beverage is painful ordeal for him every time. Mince mid-sentence, he just screams and then you close the fridge and he resumes talking. Poor Phil. Poor Phil. Poor, poor Phil. I think we would have to respect the autonomy of Phil. I don't think I could do that to poor Phil. I know. This is why consent is important. We have to ask if we can remove things from Phil. Because I feel like if if removing items from Phil cost him pain, we just wouldn't remove things from Phil. I know. Like, imagine if you were a fridge and somebody took something from inside you. Would it feel like you're missing a part of yourself? And by the same token, do you feel better when you're full? Like, (laughs) I have so many questions. Those are only questions that Phil the Fridge can answer. And Phil currently doesn't actually exist because we still haven't bought Phil. (laughs) Well, and it's also one of those things, too, that is it the same for every fridge? Does it depend on your brand or what you're made of or what size you are? Or if you are, like, a legit electric refrigerator or if you take the little like car plugs or batteries <laughs> are you just a chiller <laughs> like there's so many identity questions that i need to ask phil now it's a mystery because phil's a fridge <laughs> yes but he's our fridge and that's all that matters <laughs> right yes. whenever we actually purchase phil well you know <laughs> by like summer 2021 when we have a in-person show again what are those what are those what are in-person shows what is this magic you speak of i know right what are people what are people people please (laughs) what are people so our next one is the one that i felt like i could actually see happening in a show And this one is from Cass Pentagast, and they wrote... Love the screen name, by the way. (laughs) Right? Cass is awesome, by the way. We originally met them with their group, lovingly known as uh, Duck Squad, many, many moons ago when they did Dragon Age. Which, of course, explains... The reference to the username, for those of you not familiar with Dragon Age. Yes. <laughs> so Cass writes, Gotta hollow it out first to make it lighter, but it would be a fun touch in a Hannibal skit, with the characters trying to see if there is human meat in there, but spin it around, and that's where Hannibal really keeps it. But only the audience will know. That's kind of fun. Done. That actually makes sense for the show and would translate. Like, you could make that translate really easily. Oh, With that just would translate a teeny, super teeny easily, bit honestly. of setup. I also just have this really comical, like, thing in my head of the characters on stage physically spinning the refrigerator. Oh, around. same. Like, I totally see this fridge on, like, a turntable thing. So you're turning it every time, like, the characters that aren't Hannibal are getting into the area where they could see behind the fridge. So it just keeps moving, which is a very old comedy trick. Yes. 
but I definitely see this very serious show being turned into like this comedy sketch, which is a really fun game to play sometimes. Because under most circumstances, Hannibal's gonna be really dark for a lot of audiences. Yes. In really, really dark source material, you have to be very careful with, especially at a standard masquerade. Can we get Anthony Hopkins for this skit? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good deal. Obviously. <laughs> Sold. Because, yeah, I think Hannibal might be a little too dark on its own to be able to do it, like, super true to the source material. Well, sure. Because <laughs> you don't see a lot of super dark skits except for maybe in, like, WCS. And then in those cases, they're almost always a fighting skit anyway. Then again, almost all WCS skits are fighting skits, period. So. <laughs> that definitely goes on my WCS bingo card. Along fighting with skit? Fate. Fighting skits. Fate. Costume changes go on there now. Quick changes. Uh-huh. But I would say like 75% of the performances are usually fighting skits. So that when you do have a really dramatic, dark source material, it's almost always in relationship to some sort of battle. Which makes sense because honestly, drama skits are 10 times harder to pull off. Well, and especially for an international audience. Right. Where it has to be easily translatable to a lot of different people who aren't necessarily used to the same like nuances with grammar and vocabulary as other countries would be like well and to get drama across you usually have to be more familiar with the source material as well right like, it's a lot harder to because otherwise you're just doing like a shtick right those get really boring for drama to have impact you have to have a connection to the characters and so you're causing that you're trying to figure out how to get this audience to have a connection to your characters in less than two and a half minutes that's Including rough. whatever, like, setup you need for exposition and, <laughs> like, character development. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a lot. But I feel like when you take something like this and do something more like a dark comedy, that's kind of fun. I would do a skit like this. I believe you. I would. It would be a good I know. time. So the last one we're going to read for you today was submitted by Undead Toasty. And they said, I would do an Avatar The Last Airbender AU Frankenstein skit where someone dresses up as the cabbage salesman, but they're actually the cabbage scientist. When the cabbage scientist goes to say, it's alive, my cabbages, I would burst forth from the fridge covered in cabbage leaves to wreak veggie havoc. Well, and of course, I love that. Undead Toasty has decided that they would play the Frankenstein monster. The Frankenstein cabbage monster. Well, the cabbage monster skit. would probably have some pretty sweet makeup. Yes. Obviously, this one was our favorite. So, Undead Toasty, we will be contacting you. You have won a $10 Amazon gift card. I love how simple and to the point this is and how ridiculous it is all at the same time. I feel like even if you're not an Atla fan, everybody knows who Frankenstein is and Frankenstein's monster. So that part is really relatable to all people. And I knew what the Cabbage Man was long before I'd ever watched a single Avatar Same. episode. 
So you don't necessarily have to be deep and heavy into the fandom. And it's a very early episode when he first shows up. Well, he continues to show up throughout the series and makes a couple of appearances in the background in Korra, too. It's great. He shows up, like, super old in Korra, like, randomly. It's like a pass. It's kind of like a, you have to be paying attention to notice it. But it's like a passing frame. It's kind of hysterical. Those are some of the best little references, though. For oh, those throwbacks to characters are just the, you like, you need to be paying attention or else you miss it. The Cabbage Man's definitely one of my favorite parts about um, Avatar, though, for sure. Well, yeah, it's like um, like when Rapunzel shows up in Frozen. Right. Which, of course, like, if you're not paying attention in the first, like, couple minutes of the movie, like, to what's going on just kind of with the background people, like, you wouldn't even think twice about it. But you're like, oh, I know her and him. Cool. But I can totally see this with his outfit slightly modified to have like a scientist coat with like this fridge hooked up to these electrodes that he's gonna zap so that he can raise the cabbage monster or he could just do the whole like leather like rubber boots and gloves thing with the goggles like he's that's true <laughs> with the lab coat, with the lab throw coat. It on. pull the lever <laughs> He probably would pull the wrong lever first, and then he would pull the right one. That would be in character. Whatever. (laughs) But yes, so again, thanks to all of you that participated. That was super fun. We have had some people who found the post after the fact that were asking us if we're going to do this again. So I do think the answer is yes, we will probably do this again. It may not always be the fridge because if you have attended some of our online live shows you have probably experienced some of the ridiculous questions that we ask you all where you can win prizes so we may take some of our favorites that we've done from the live show and bring them to you periodically on our instagram so in order to make sure that you catch that our instagram is podcast scs so definitely follow us there so that you can play. Sometimes we'll also run him on the Lavi Cosplay Instagram as well. But you'll want to join both to make sure you don't miss the next time we run one of our silly contests. Speaking of contests, do make sure that you follow Lavi Cosplay because we are creeping on a thousand followers on Instagram, which means we're going to run a giveaway soon. So we're in that about 150 range to 1,000. So we are probably going to be running a giveaway to get us over the hump. So follow us to make sure that you don't miss out. Because we typically run some pretty fun gift card prizes for y'all. Definitely gift cards because I'm not mailing things again. (laughs) That didn't work out very well last time. We thought mailing things would be a good idea. It was not. It, it's much better for you all if we can just, like, instantly send you a link to a gift card. So, that is the plan. There might be, like, a, a little podcast merch package is one of them. That's easy to mail out. But we were trying to mail out some larger things, and it just 
It didn't work out, and now with our postal service being a hot mess, we're just going to do gift cards this time. I don't want to be trying to mail you stuff and it not getting there for like two months. What? Well, I mean, Weird. it takes at least three weeks locally, so. Right. And most of y'all are not local to either of us. Nope. So definitely follow us and stay tuned for more shenanigans. More shenanigans. We also have a lot of Twitch shenanigans coming within the next month. So definitely go and follow our Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cosplay. We have three or four live events coming up within the next couple months here. So you definitely want to go follow us there so you can catch them all. It'll be a good time. You gotta catch them all. Yeah, that's where you're going with that. We also don't have that advance of a Twitch account, so our stuff disappears after two weeks. So if you want to catch it, you got to be on top of things. Because we are not fancy affiliates, so our stuff disappears. Well, that's all I think we have for today. All right, guys, it's been fun. Again, thank you so much for those of you that participated. Um, We definitely appreciate you. Congratulations to our winner, Undead Toasty, and we will see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Shit Cosplayers Say, an LVC production. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PodcastSCS. Our website is lavicosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story? Absurd cosplay question? or just something in general to share with us, email us at podcastscs at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.